0: Hello everyone, welcome to the Youth Critic Podcast on the Youth Critic Network. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Youth Critic Podcast. I'm your host, Cal Smith. Joining me this week is David Weiser from Film Assessment.
1: Hey, everybody. It's good to be back.
0: And David, what are we talking about this week?
1: Nope, no idea. Nope, 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 nope. What if I told you
0: that today you'll leave here different. Pops. Pops! I'm talking to you. Bro, what you see? Someone above the clouds. That's big. How big? Big. You think whatever killed Pops is out there? Right here, you are going to witness an absolute spectacle. So what happens next? Are you ready? hmm Are you ready? Oh, you don't? Oh. Well this is awkward because I don't <laughs> either. I have no nope idea on what we're talking about. This is gonna be a show where we don't talk about anything. <laughs> talk about nope, nothing, nope, nope. Um uh, yeah, we are talking about Jordan Peele's nope. Um So, um David, uh here's how we're going to run the show today. So, we're going to do a part one with you. Um I don't know if this will all be like one episode or two episodes. But we will do one part with you, and then we will do another part with uh, Tony No, who was on the Us podcast all the way back in 2019. Um, and so he will make a comeback for Jordan Peele's Get Out. So right now we're with David, and just kind of getting into it. David, um, what do you think about Jordan Peele?
1: Oh, I think he's been definitely an exciting emerging voice recently. Like I I prior prior to Get Out, like I mean, he was primarily most known for Key and Peel. And so to see him like create with, with Get Out was just such this like huge cultural phenomenon that like it was it did well at the box office. It was nominated for Oscars. He, Jordan Peele even won an Oscar. He won uh, for screenplay. writing for original screenplay. And so it was just like this huge thing. And to see that he had that in him, like those sensibilities to be this like um, storyteller of these like kind of so- socially uh, conscious, like horror slash thriller. Like, and then, like, to see him follow that up with Us, like, which was, uh, had similar, I, I mean, it was very different thematically, but it was kind of a similar idea of, like, a horror movie rooted in um, themes about class and race and stuff. Um, and so, like, I went into Nope with, like, pretty high expectations, I guess, just because based on the, how much I liked those other two movies, And I don't want to say I was disappointed because I think that's like kind of uh, a little too strong. Like I I was slightly over underwhelmed, but I liked the movie still. It just didn't measure up to those previous two because I felt like those were like home runs and this was like a single or a double.
0: (laughs) Okay, Um, so right. So I love Jordan Peele. I think he's one of our most, like you said, he's one of our most interesting up-and-coming artists. And the reason why he's so interesting is because he's following this trajectory that M. Night Shyamalan had and in uh, Spielberg and all these other, like, I don't want to say horror filmmakers, but I would just say, like, blockbuster, like, horror filmmakers because... Yes, get out and tw- and us are made on very low budgets. They still feel like they still feel big in their in in their budget. They still feel like they have a, a lot of value going on. And even nope, it's not that big. Of, it's not that big of a budget. I think it was like less than seventy million to make the whole movie. And but you but I mean, Peel still just gets a lot of mileage here. He still gets a lot of mileage with that budget. And I will say, like you, I'm not, like, this is not as exciting as us, but also, this is like one of my favorite movies of the year. Um, and, I'll, and I'll explain why, even though I have my own qual- like qualms on the movie. Um but without going in spoilers too quickly i kind of love that this movie's only big stake is we gotta catch a photo of this of the ufo <laughs> we gotta catch it with the alien that's it that's the that's the stakes um i kind of like that and then i i kind of like the evolution of the story and how much it feels like it feels like the, this is the struggle of everyone making movies. It, it, yeah. I mean, this you meet these you know this ragtag horse people who are basically being kicked out. They're they're, they're being replaced by the CG horse, you know, the green screen, <laughs> because idiots don't. I, I feel like Peel as much as he's making this a movie about making movies, he's making this a movie about the people who get the big budgets to make movies Mm -hmm. because his kind of idea of like true art is how we capture the impossible how we capture something incredible and something that you would never get you know to capture on a daily basis something you can't recreate in post or that kind of thing and here you know it's he's like drawing a quick line in the sand and being like, yeah, these pe- these people that are doing the commercial at the beginning of the movie, they are, they, they're just playing filmmaking. They're just in, it's, yeah. So I kind of like that. Everything else I'm, I'm mildly just like, it's okay with. Um, but yeah what about you David what other do you have any thought, other thoughts
1: uh, kind of tiptoeing around spoilers um, I loved the sound design and visual effects in this movie and I saw it at IMAX and the use of the IMAX aspect ratio was just incredible probably the best one of the best I've seen this year in that respect Um there, I, there are probably a few others that I would throw in there, like Top Gun or um, um, or the big Batman. the Batman. But, uh, anyways, like he used that aspect ratio really well um, to kind of convey like the, like a huge scope of this thing, the UFO. Um, and then I I thought there were a lot of really effective. Um, horror sequences and they're like this has kind of been a running trend through his work has been like there's nice beats of humor that don't undercut the stakes or um any of the any of the I guess uh suspense Mm -hmm. um and this movie has a lot of really solid um kind of like zingers and especially the use of the word nope is like borderline like hilarious um i i liked that um it has some really it has a really good cast of characters um it is kind of interesting that this is kind of like jordan peele's jaws like there's a lot of similarities um and well i'm still trying to avoid spoilers so i'll leave it at that i i liked the cast uh kiki palmer was really good i like stephen yun and his character um I liked, it. this I guess is where we're gonna differ. Um, I, I liked um, Daniel Kaluuya and um, the the actor that played the cinematographer and the- Michael Wincock. Michael Wincock. And then the guy from Euphoria who is like with electric with Fry's Electronics.
0: Oh, oh yeah, yes. I can't and, remember the names. <laughs>
1: The other person who worked at Fry's Electronics with him was also from Euphoria. I don't wait, know. That was just a, that wait, was a wait, random thing I noticed.
0: I know what you're talking about um, for the girl, but I didn't know the other guy was from Euphoria, too.
1: I'm pretty sure he's the guy that got introduced in season two.
0: No, I. Hold on just a second. Oh, Are they different
1: head. actors? Maybe they just look really similar.
0: They do look very similar. Uh, no, I don't think so. I'm. Uh, oh. you know, I'll keep talking and okay. I'll um I'll keep looking at his IMDb real quick.
1: Okay. I thought he was the same guy, but maybe he's not. <laughs> Anyways. Um, no. Yeah. Nope. Oh, he's not. Okay. Sorry. Forgive but, me.
0: Yeah. His his name is um. Scroll up. Brandon Pera. Perea.
1: What are some of or does he have any like big previous projects or is this kind of his first?
0: Uh he was on the OA. Okay.
1: Um but yeah, I, I think he punched it up with some nice singers. Um, there's really effective horror sequences that we'll kind of get into in the sp- more spoiler section. Um, I didn't expect it to like start out as intense as it did. Um, that's another thing I guess we'll get into momentarily. Um, but I, I really, I, I liked how this is Jordan Peele's commentary on spectacle and our current obsession with it. And I thought he had a lot of interesting things to say about it, um, it's, it's not a movie where I feel like there's a lot that I had, like a lot of things that I felt were wrong with it, per se. It was just, it didn't quite like live up to the expectations of um, and my uh, in comparing to his previous two movies, I guess.
0: Um, yeah, and I, I have a theory on it, but I can save it for spoilers. Um and i'm pretty good every like i mean in if you're ready to go to spoilers i'm ready This the only thing i would say as a final note is hoy van hunt hoy tim is that right
1: oh yeah yeah he, he great work from him
0: oh yeah always. this is another this is another oscar nomination at least i mean it's good here like he really i mean he differentiates I mean there are some very like nolan-esque shots and towards the end with like the motorcycle and how it weaves in and out through field that or the pasture um but it's very much still a jordan peele movie like this is very much you can see the connecting tissue from get out us into this so it's still very much you know Peel this wasn't like hiring Nolan's DP just to have a Nolan-esque look. So that no, it, it's very. Oh my gosh! But,
1: I something. Michael Abel's score.
0: It's very good. Yeah. It's very chilling. Um, Michael Abel's has been. It, it, oh gosh. Well, you know, we'll save it for. Well, I'll save more of my Abel's talk for the climax when we spoil it. Um. Okay. All right, are you ready for this? No, nope. ready to go for spoilers. You're not ready nope. for spoilers? Yeah, I am. Okay, <laughs> are okay, all right, all right. Um, well, so with nope, let's get into the Gordy of it all and the, what's in the opening sequence and kind of like what's not been shown on in the trailer. What's what did you think of the whole Gordy reveal?
1: Oh, I, I thought it was interesting how it was through the lens of Steven Young's character, but even him having witnessed that, he's still kind of fallible to this um, exploitation of um, nature, um, I guess, or like kind of the other, like kind of this beast and like kind of wanting to use it for like spectacle and um, to profit off of it. And I thought that was kind of interesting that even after everything he experienced in that horrific, like attack by that chimpanzee, um, that he still kind of went down that path.
0: Yeah. And that's the one thing that the movie is a little clever on is that it shows where Stevie and, you know, the character, you know, like, he saw the horrific event where an animal just freaked out, like a to- like a gorilla just freaked out on set, and it's very, very similar to an actual real life incident. Um, it wasn't in the studio, it was in someone's home, but a monkey that had appeared in a lot of commercials and whatnot actually did attack their owner and, like, ripped face and everything. Yeah, it, it, it's pretty, it's awful. Um, but I mean, so like you feel in the whole Gordy of it all, it's so scary. It's so scary and chilling. But it's also more terrifying when Yin's character doesn't even learn from the mistake of it. Mm-hmm. We shouldn't be putting people, we shouldn't be putting people using animal, nature as an entertainment and also risking the lives of our audience. In for, you know, a buck. And he doesn't do that. He takes this wild chance and gets everyone in his park killed. <laughs> Which is one of the more chilling so- scenes I've seen in the movie. Just like everyone being sucked up. And it's like this thing, this UFO is not mechanical, it's an animal.
1: Yeah, I thought that was interesting too, that it was like this organic being that like is like it it seem it it appears to be what we perceive as like a ufo i thought that was like a cool reveal and then i liked kind of i thought it was interesting how they kind of discovered that if you don't look at it then it won't come after you per se or like it won't
0: Mm -hmm. right
1: and so that was kind of nice too and like i thought it and then like their whole like plan of capturing it, and speaking of which, I liked that um, they used an IMAX camera, and they used like it was like non-electronic. Like I thought that was kind of cool. How like the beast like had like this like EMP almost, and so they had to use this like hand crank camera, like old fashioned. Um, but then they used an IMAX film, like that was pretty cool, and um. It was kind of interesting that they had this, like, uh, I, I found out it was Terry Notary was the motorbike. He, he was the actor that played the the motorbike, motorcyclist that shows up, in, like, from TMZ trying to, like, he he thinks the something's scoop. up. Yeah, he's yeah. trying to get the scoop. And how he, he, um, Daniel Kaluuya's character, O-T, O.J. or O.T.? Oh, it's O.J. O.J., O.J. Yeah, yeah.
0: It's Otis Jr. Or Otis James, excuse me.
1: Okay. So OJ tries to warn him about it and he goes anyways. (laughs) And then he runs straight into the EMP and (laughs) flips. And then he just kind of gets like brutally killed when OJ tries to save him Um, as he gets sucked into the monster. And I I did like kind of like the payoff to that uh, like kind of hand crank camera in the like little well at at the theme park like how that ended up like that was kind of something that's just kind of you when she walks into the park in the very beginning in the first act like you just kind of dismiss it as like oh okay it's just part of the world building like this is just some attraction at the at the park like it's not really a big deal and then it ends up being like the pivotal um i guess mcguffin at the part of the uh climax almost
0: mm-hmm. well what i kind of liked about all that stuff is well, especially going back to the the creature not wanting to be able to be seen it's this idea of like it's you know it's setting up this perfect it's not even a joke just like a good story you know that the climax of the movie is a creature that's evil, that's malevolent, and it has to be controlled for all of humanity because it's going to just move once it's done. Once there's no food, it's just going to move from place to place to get more food. So the only way, so the only way we can save the world is for it to be shown to the ma- mass, You know. So and. So I kind of love that Jordan Peele is kind of subtly, but almost like kind of jokingly setting up that the, the, the climax of the movie is that the creature has to be seen and, and seen by people who are going to live to tell about it. Now, I don't know what that will, world is like where they you know just send the photo off to the media, even though like, the creature is still just like flying in like ribbon form or whatever um but yeah so that's what i love about and then i really do like that we're following these like blue collar characters where they're kind of going out of time as kind of like in this movie where film always is on the threat of being you know shut down so and they shot this on film so like all the old techniques are going away for more lazier techniques
1: Mm -hmm.
0: and I kind of, I don't know. I feel like this is just Jordan Peele's, like, ode to Hollywood. It's just once upon a time in Hollywood. It's Jaws. Like, this is his kind of, like, epic. Which is curious, like, why he didn't try to develop more of these characters more. Because to me, the character, the problem, and the reason why, and this was my theory, the reason why Get Out and Us are so, they feel so important at the end even though the stakes are really, you know, Lupita Nyong'o and us uh, has to go get her son in the place where she was born, <clears throat> and or and get out. He has to get, he has to get out through, in a way, the you know from the white family uh, to get away. Like the reason why those are so important is because of the real life. Because we care about the characters, we you know and also we care about we care about like what these characters want and in nope the reason why the climax feels so not as grand is because it's just a movie about people taking a photo or t- getting ufos yeah footage.
1: i can see that
0: like and towards the end you kind of gets you know some stakes where it's where kiki palmer's character was set you know set up to be she doesn't know how to ride a horse she doesn't she's never trained because that horse went to go work on scorpion king and i guess the horse died or something or was not used anymore (laughs) um because then that then she never gets to so there are some loosely like loose ribbons of like you know where you can see O.J. and uh, Kiki Palmer's character both have this emotional moment at the end but it doesn't quite it just doesn't quite have the height of like Lupita Nyong'o facing herself in the other world in the underground
1: oh yeah, yeah so I agree
0: and to me like that's part of the movie's failure is that you don't Care about the characters enough, you like them, but you don't like that emotional send off of her doing the two eyes back to him. Isn't there? It's just not. It's a, thematically as strong. Oh as yeah, it sh- as I, it should would, be.
1: and that it like they don't their their characters are established, but like they don't feel. I guess kind of in conjunction with what you're saying they don't feel as developed over the course of the story like Mm -hmm. they they they're just like you said they're just really just trying to take this picture but like it doesn't feel like there's too much of an arc Mm -hmm. for them along this you know
0: yeah or just emotional pathos like yes this movie opens with them losing their father they lose Keith David um but other than that, I mean, OJ kind of stays emotionally reserved and quiet, and then Kiki Palmer listens to music. <laughs> um, yeah, and <laughs> and you're kind and you're kind of like you know well okay like who are these characters like who, you know how are they brother and sister like do they have commonalities like that kind of thing and it doesn't really. I don't know. You just it. You don't really buy into their re- relationship and buy like the emotional part of the story. And thankfully for Peel, like the movie, since the movie is light on characters, the other actors are so good. Like Iggy Palmer, Brendan Pera, Michael Wake, They're very good at like being character actors and bringing something to the table. And I feel like Daniel Kaluuya was just given the role of being stoic Mm -hmm. and less charming. I mean he kinda when he enters the abandoned like amusement park, he's just kind of like nothing. (laughs) And it's like ruins. Even when he it's just like He's just I'm too emotionally reserved, and then on top of that, I just saw The Gray Man last week, where Ryan Gosling is also playing an emotionally reserved, stoic character that doesn't speak, do a lot of speaking, and it's just like I'm kind of now getting tired of emotionally stoic characters. So that's kind of like why I'm not high on Daniel Kaluuya's performance but everyone else's performance it's 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 well tuned it's well t- in tune into what the movie is going for whereas kalilia i feel like it's stuck he thinks he's stuck in terrence malick movie or something um what else were some points for you you wanted to bring you want to bring up
1: um i didn't expect keith david to die that early on <laughs> Like, it's, like, one of the very first scenes and you're just like, whoa. I mean, I know it's in the trailer or it's kind of, like, alluded to in the trailer, but I didn't expect it was going to be, like, kick kick the, kick the whole thing off. Which I guess that kind of gives a little bit of pathos to their, like, motivation behind wanting to, like, catch the creature or, like, get a, get a shot of the creature, like, knowing that, like, it's it killed their father. But it doesn't feel as like it doesn't feel as expanded upon that that's their motivation because like when they're first getting the cameras and stuff they seem like they're more interested in like getting on Oprah or <laughs> like you know or making that's profit more of, what off their... of it yeah
0: yeah, it's making money and being cele- it's the celebrity status but then the whole movie is about as it goes on and on it goes m- into more emotional stakes it goes in like this movie is based like i'm sorry this movie is basically about filmmaking and about like how people think oh if we just make a movie about this you know this little this you know topic you know hot button topic you know we'll be millionaires we'll profit off of it and then they get further and further in they become more emotionally invested and like willing to do whatever like insane stuff to get like the money shot of the movie, or the you know—the thing that'll make the movie completely work. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's incredible. It's a great story about that. It's just I wish, I I just wish there was more development for these characters. Yeah, like I agree. And also, you probably could have. I, I and I'm not. And this one's not my idea. This was someone else's idea I saw. Uh, you could probably combine Steve Yin's character and Daniel Kalilias' character to even, because to even like have more of a pathos in the arc. Yeah. Um. So, and that's just where I was. That's just where I'm. I was at with Nope. Um, trying to think of what else. Again, we mentioned the organic thing, the organic spaceship. I kind of like that. I kind of, I don't know what it mean. What suppose what what it means that it's broken up apart into ribbons?
1: Oh yeah, I have no idea.
0: <laughs> like I, I don't know what to I, I don't know how to read in. I don't know how to read into that. But it was just interesting. I don't know. I just thought this was a good movie, and I wish I cared. A little bit more about the characters because i mean kiki palmer gives a really good performance and at the end when she's crying over finally getting the shot you know and thinking her brother is dead like she it's a really good performance it's a good moment
1: and i like the shot of him like on the horse kind of like st- like it feels so western where you like him just kind of like in the i guess the frame of the um i don't know what you call that thing the Uh, opening yeah the opening of the the park standing like that was such a cool shot Mm
0: -hmm. that's
1: the money shot of this movie
0: (laughs) basically um and i really yeah, yeah i
1: loved um on the creature design note i mean i i don't i agree with you i don't really know quite what the symbolism of it looking with the ribbons or whatever but I do think it was like a very unique creature design for an alien, like, so that's kind of cool.
0: But, and also what I love about, you know, going back to Michael Abel's, as well as how much his music just builds and builds and almost to the end where it feels so much like a Spielberg score or a John Williams score. Like watching this, I was like, if Spielberg was making this movie, these are the kind of notes that like John Williams would be bringing, like orchestral wise. Like just building on the intensity, building on the, you know, anticipation of the final duels, those kind of things. And then you get, I mean, and then you get incredible, you know, shots of, I mean, spielberg shots i mean this movie feel by the way i should also mention this is very much Peel's like ode to spielberg movies and it's oh yeah one of the best odes i've seen from a filmmaker yet because the difference between like peel and trevorrow and abrams is abrams and trevorrow both love uh they they both love spielberg movies but they have a very collective style that they very much stick to you're never going to watch um an abramson Trevorrow movie and not think that it's a an, you know, and not and and not think it's someone else's movie but for here peel really does like you know lock down the camera create you know that the kind of wonders that spielberg was famous for in the 70s and 80s you know, of just like you know, especially that walking scene where, um, Kalilia and Kiki Palmer—they're both just like walking on the sledge to their house in sunset, and it's just like two, like dolly shots, you know, as we follow them, you know, on their driveway or their are their walk to the, up to the house. It's just like a beautiful shot and it's the most Spielbergian thing that's not in the Spielberg movie. Yeah. And that's like why I give Peele so much credit is because he set out to make a Spielberg movie and actually understood like why Spielberg used the techniques he did and when to put them. So, yeah. Anyway, you can watch Nope on the, you, you can see the note where they shot Nope on the universal uh, studio lot.
1: <laughs> I thought that was, that, that just reminded me. I, I feel like that was like intentional, like in this whole thing about like, this that's this allegory for blockbuster filmmaking to have like a post-credit thing that's shameless self-promotion for the studio is kind of genius. Like, it's it's clearly poking fun at, like, actual post-credit scenes that are shameless self-promotion for a studio, mostly Marvel, but, like, other, whatever, other movies are doing that, you know.
0: <laughs> Honestly, it was funny. It was just... So, David So David saw this the night before I did, uh, listeners, and he tells me there's, like, this post-credit thing, and I'm like, okay, you know, you said, and, and to be fair, you said not to... You don't have to stay. It's just a little thing. I was like, okay, you know, we'll, we'll, I'll still stay. You know, if it's like a good line or something. And then we get to the end, and it's just this this shameless plug, (laughs) to see Nope at the Universal Hollywood lot. I thought it was
1: pretty hilarious. Like, that's clearly intentional and poking fun at the the idea of post-credit scenes.
0: Oh my gosh. It, it's it, it's it is actually pretty good. <laughs>
1: this is the next level of the Ferris Bueller post-credit scene.
0: <laughs> if this was Ferris Bueller 4, that's what it would be. Just more shameless plugging. This shameless mm-hmm. promotion. Oh so yeah, I'm trying to think of what else. Oh. I, I know Jordan Peele, I know a lot of people are not high on this movie, but what I will say is if Peele ever wanted to do another big budget movie again, I would be lining up for it.
1: Oh, absolutely. I think he's still an... Like Even when the movie didn't fully work for me, like I still respected his ambition and the craftsmanship behind it, where... And honestly, just in this discussion, I feel like I appreciate certain things more now, like where I'm interested in re-watching it and seeing if uh, I'd like it more and see it, see what the trajectory of my appreciation with this, like my relationship with Nope is over the course of time.
0: Oh yeah, I'm definitely seeing this again in IMAX because this is just like, it's so stunning to look at. And like, this is, our big big i mean i know we had top gun this year and maverick or whatever or no or we had the batman but i mean in marvel and all in a marvel wakanda forever we'll have the imax format and yada 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 but this looked so good on imax like it looked impressive i mean just a shot of like after the rainstorm or the bloodstorm uh and collie is just like walking but not looking <clears throat> to get everybody, you know, to the to the working van. I mean, it's so good. It's almost, you know, monochromatically black and white. It's so eerie and chilling. Like it's beautiful, beautiful looking cinematography. <clears throat> um, trying to think of what else. Can you think of anything else?
1: No, I guess that's another thing is like, there's not, there's surprisingly like not too much to discuss with this movie I feel like, kind of once you kind of tackle the surface level and then like a little bit of, I guess it being an allegory for filmmaking beyond that, like it doesn't feel like there's too much to like discuss beyond just like random bit pieces that we were mentioning and you know, like like I feel like you can dig really deep into us and get out in a way that you can't quite do at least on first viewing i don't feel like i can do it nope and i think that's part of the reason why i don't like it i not that i don't like it i don't like it as much as those other two movies
0: i it'll be curious to see like on second viewing if it holds up Mm -hmm. because or if it gets or if like i understand more things better or i even appreciate Kalilia's performance um but what i will say is i don't you're right i don't know what else to. i wouldn't know what else there is to discuss like thematically emotionally i again i do like these characters i just wish they were more i just wish i was more invested
1: yeah it's more so that they have nice personalities like they seem like they would be nice people to hang out with yeah. and they have an interesting backstory i guess but like there's not really a, a too much of an arc for them and so i i would hang out with them but <laughs> that's about it i guess
0: mm-hmm. all right so is is there anything we else we can say on nope um Nope. it's not Oppenheimer related
1: oh my gosh wait, let's talk about that just because okay. there's okay. we'll nothing else to talk about,
0: that to talk about. yeah <laughs> that
1: I love it that was a it. cool that was a cool teaser um I was surprised that it came after like kind of uh, it was baked into the intro of the movie whereas like the IMAX had the little countdown and then it went straight into the teaser and I think it's cool that it's going to be in black and white um that's gonna be interesting it's good since it's interesting because like the last time Nolan well I guess there's Memento I was gonna say the fol- following, following but Memento does have black and white in it so black and white photography in it so but I was gonna say it'd be interesting that it's like kind of the book it not that Oppenheimer is gonna be his last movie but kind of it's like his most recent movie and his very first movie are gonna
0: be black and white oh wow you're right and it's bookending you know because we, we he went from 16 millimeter to shooting on imax 70 in black and white which has never i don't think has ever happened before i don't know if I'm, I'm maybe in the earliest of movies but i don't think imax has ever let anyone make use like black and white photography like actual the the strip v for black and white Mm-hmm. so it's re- that's what's so interesting and then it's interesting how like Nolan this teaser just creates an epic story like this is it's almost like there will be blood but on like a magnified scale <laughs>
1: yeah yeah yeah
0: like we're talking about a historical figure who changed the world but was it for the better and also oh, yeah, yeah. And also, is this person the good person too? So that kind of thing.
1: Yeah, I'm always excited for No One's next movie, and so, you know, and and when this was first announced, I was kind of like, "Really, his next movie is going to be about the guy that made the atomic bomb?" Okay, he probably be. On...
0: He gets the film. It'll probably bomb. be a really
1: cool explosion, practical explosion, not an actual atomic bomb bomb. I said atomic blonde uh atomic bomb explosion but they're like throw some... thrown
0: out of a window of an airplane <laughs>
1: <laughs> there will probably be some practical explosion that looks really cool in imax um and then like it has one hell uh, as as more came out about it I became more interested and invested um it has one heck of a cast and then I like that it's furthering his. I I think it's interesting how much of his filmography has to do with time. And it seems like that's definitely going to continue based on like the teaser itself has a lot to do with that, with it having the countdown for when the movie even Mm -hmm. comes out. That was a cool touch. You don't really see that. So that was nice. Um, And then it was just a really cool teaser. I'm excited for it.
0: Yeah, and also, it's enough for me for now. I'm very... I can't wait to see this. I can't... And then
1: Barbie, back-to-back, double feature.
0: (laughs) Let's see if Ryan Gosling can redeem himself from the Gray Man performance with a blonde blonde painted wig or whatever. Oh, my God. Yeah, that'll be... I know. So, it's funny. Like, I know I keep... Saying Nolan always c- comes for my birthday because he always opens around the weekend of my birthday. Um, and this is no different. I get to have a Barbie, a Greta Gerwig directed Barbie movie written by uh, Noah. Uh, oh God, Noah, back. Noah, back, thank you. Um, and I get a new Christopher Nolan movie shot on IMAX, black and white. With Killian Murphy finally being the lead, you know, in a Nolan movie.
1: Happy birthday, Kale. That's what you gotta say. Thank you, Nolan. Yay. Thank you, Greta. Thank you, Noah.
0: <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. Thank you, Margot Robbie and Ryan Gosling. Um, yeah, I'm I'm stoked. I'm stoked for next July. It's gonna be incredible. Especially this and the week after we get the Marvels. So
1: and Mission Impossible 7, I think, is a few weeks before. Or it's, it's in the time frame.
0: It's uh, end of June, I think. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's just going to be exciting. It's going to be truly exciting next year. I know this year, like, we're kind of limping to the end. We're limping to Wakanda Forever. <laughs> and
1: Wakanda Forever, The Fable Men's Babylon, Avatar. Uh, Avatar.
0: Shazam 2. Uh,
1: and then a bunch of movies on streaming and Black Adam or are... yeah,
0: <laughs> Halloween ends. It finally ends, guys. We won't we won't have to celebrate Halloween anymore. <laughs> evil won't die that night. Um we, we Jamie Lee Curtis will defeat Evil for the third time. <laughs> uh but yeah. Uh, so, all right. With that, um, David, if you don't have a whole lot to say, let's nope. uh, let's go into the let's go and where can the good people find you?
1: You can find me on Twitter at y 2 david and then I have an inactive film blog called Film Assessment. So, we as we talked about, if you want to go read some old reviews, go do that.
0: And ta-da, that's kind of it. Nope. Alright. So, alright, thanks everyone. Um, we will have the second part uh coming out right after this. Uh thanks everyone uh for listening so far, and here is part two. Here we go. Run, This could be an opportunity. I'm talking rich and famous for life.
1: There's plenty of videos for flying shit online. Ain't nobody
0: gonna get what we gonna get. What we gonna get? The money shot. What's up? Undeniable truth with aliens on camera. The Oprah shot.
2: You guys gonna tell me what's going on? Hell no. no.
0: I'm out here, and you're the only person in the world that can get it on film. A
1: yeah! cloud ain't moving it. It's aliens they're just waiting for the perfect time to shove metal probes up our asses
0: i'll be rooting for you and welcome back everyone welcome back to part two of our nope discussion i am here with tony no from tony no pictures yes hello um it's been a while it's been at least um a jordan peele movie
2: yeah what was that 2019 2018
0: yeah i think no yeah 2019 march 2019 2019. yep yeah so uh we're back here we're back with nope um what do you think of nope i thought i thought it was really good
2: um it's one of peel's better works i would say it probably ranks behind us and but it's better than get out so i'd give it a solid four point or i'd say four four out of five stars
0: okay so what'd you like about it Going non-spoilery, but what'd you like about it?
2: Non-spoilery or spoil? Non-spoilery. Non-spoilery. Um, I guess the uh, the the craftsmanship and the art form of it. Um, I really liked the how they incorporated different aspects of, I guess, our everyday lives into it. Um, one of these examples being not spoiler related, but um, one of the uh, the side characters has a a crypto miner, which I thought was was really um really funny a little crypto minor rig with a bunch of graphics cards um hooked up to it and i guess you'd have to be pretty pretty tech savvy to to get that reference but i thought that was funny but just um overall it was um it really fell in line with uh, jordan peele's typical typical plots and how um how he directs films but i i enjoyed it nonetheless uh
0: okay so and i really like, like love the movie yeah. i think it is a very well epic like it's a strong epic it feels very spielbergian it's not as good as us i don't think but it was um really good um so let's go into non spoilers because i want to know like specifically like what you think they the commonality of Peel's movies are like plot wise
2: um plot wise i feel like uh so the i guess once in the movie itself, you reach the climax about halfway through the movie, and then the rest of the movie just ends up um, working towards a resolution, which is, isn't a bad formula to, to go by. But um, it, it was similar to, to us with the, um, the whole plot line of the people being from under the, um, the underground or whatever, that the underground world or whatever. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then with, with Get Out, it being the, uh, the plot of um, escaping the, the, crazy, the crazy, racist um, white people
0: the the yeah the crazy medical brain family
2: yes exactly
0: okay so so you're 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 so what you're drawing upon so for here what was that moment like was it the the barn or the the bloodbath scene? are we going to no
2: spoiler or we're going to spoiler oh
0: we're in spoiler excuse me
2: oh okay spoiler mode all right um i guess the the biggest part was the uh the reveal of um the alien and i guess uh, it being an alien And then the, uh, the spectacle that was shown With uh, Steven Yoon, And um, that, that whole scene really led up to be I guess the, uh, the climactic moment Of hey we know what we're doing now Because there's a lot of I guess the first half was a lot of build up to it and, um, I, But I that's, that's what I feel like um, The moment was here
0: Okay And I think I really want to talk about Gordy
2: Gordy we love Gordy.
0: Do we? <laughs> I do. We? So. He's he was he was a um, interesting
2: an interesting character. Um did did you want to go in a little bit more about Gordy?
0: Yeah, let's we gotta talk about Gordy. Um so Gordy is the uh so for context, uh Stephen Ian's character uh was a child act former child actor. Uh, and he did a show called like Gordy's Place or something. Gordy's home or something. Uh, and one particular episode in what caused maybe the cancellation and a whole bunch of other things is the gorilla that played Gordy um chimpanzee yeah you're right it's a chimpanzee excuse (laughs) me the chimpanzee that plays plays Gordy hears a balloon pop and then goes crazy like it you know goes crazy he attacks two or three of the cast members the whole set is evacuated and Stephen Yin is just hiding under a table, waiting to either be killed by this chimpanzee or um, be rescued. And to me, like the most important moment of that is like the chimpanzee just just walking around, blood every blood all over him, blood all over his mouth, blood all over, and he comes over to try and fist pump, you know, uh, Stephen Yin's character and for me it's like this impact of humanity that was stripped away from this chimpanzee and he's like trying to like reassure reaffirm if you will like his humanity through this fist pump and then bam so
2: yeah i i agree with that but um i'd say the biggest the biggest impact that that moment had for me was um was basically the the spectacle of it all is that they had the the monkey be the main character of the show kind of like um i guess like a circus of sorts and you know with circuits you yeah, have circus accidents and stuff like that
0: well i mean it was a tv show like it was yeah yeah
2: but um but in general when you're when you go look at a spectacle like a circus you go there you go there watch the the lines you watch the elephants and sometimes they go crazy and you know, it's it's that I guess that anticipation of knowing what um, what is going to go wrong is one of the biggest aspects. But um, what what really stuck out to me with um, the whole Gordy saga was that one of the biggest takeaways that Yoon's character had was that um, he kept all that all that memorabilia, including the um, the sandal or I guess it was like the shoe that stood up with the blood stain on it. And I think I think the biggest the biggest impact on that was that. Um, Stephen Yeun's character saw that the the flip flop or the that the shoe itself was standing up, and he thought that of that as a spectacle, and uh, I guess the chimpanzee thing happening as as well. But um, I think the whole spectacle aspect of it is really what Stephen Yeun's character has been chasing the whole time.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think for him, he's trying to fill the void of that trauma. Cause I mean, he's basically created a shrine of trauma that's surrounded him. Like it's his, like the childhood, the innocence he has lost because of the Gordy incident. Um, Because of that, like it's now, he has to kind of build this like Western town. He has to kind of basically create a spectacle for his, for his fans to reassure that, you know, everything that had happened, ended up okay but ultimately it's just leading more and more and more to his demise when he like basically summons the ufo um and gets everyone all the spectators all those people like sucked up into the ufo and then they're eaten which then causes the bloodbath
2: i think um with i agree with that but um i think the biggest the biggest takeaway from the from uh the the spectacle the the giant circle-y monster thing eating everyone and um and gordy is that gordy um is that Stephen yun's character saw that gordy was was tamed to him mm-hmm. so he saw that that he was able to tame that the chimpanzee before it's got it got its head blown off mm-hmm. but um he he believed that he was doing that with the he um, believed
0: he had this connection
2: yeah he believed that he had that same connection with this wild you know circling monster figure from outer space right which in reality he did it because it's a it's a wild animal then he he took i think i think the biggest takeaway is that he took um he bit off more than he could chew is is what it really comes down to in terms of in terms of um trying to mess with something that he shouldn't have been messing with so that that's the the parallel that i draw between those two um incidents
0: which is kind of interesting to talk about because going to the other the main plot of the movie with Daniel Kaluuya and Kiki Palmer's character you know they own they own a horse farm they own a ranch where they you know use horses as spectacle that you know and rent out horses for movies so they're a part of the game of spectacle as well but they also are not complete masters in there and but they're not ignorant like that's the difference between yin's character and the, those guys
2: yeah and uh talking a little bit about that as a character um when at the beginning of the movie during the uh when they're doing that photo shoot or the uh, the movie set or i guess the, the, i think
0: it was like a commercial yeah the commercial something.
2: the commercial set whatever set they're on um it's like he knew he knew the limits of the animal and with with every with all the stimulation that was going on he was trying to get everyone to back off but you know his character being you know as reserved as it was he really couldn't do anything or do any of that and then once the the horse saw its own reflection then it went crazy he was anticipating for that but i guess the the moral of it is is that he knows the limits of because he he's trained the horse he's tamed it and he's no he knows the limits of the horse itself
0: and he also knows the li- and he also can apply that knowledge to finding the limits of this entity this being that's yeah yeah or around. find
2: i guess more so finding it's um it's weakness or it's um well
0: just how to draw it out how to con- not necessarily control it but just how to like bring it out like how to coax it if you will
2: yeah coax yeah. it for the shot exactly exactly
0: because that's kind of like what the main that's what like the main plot of the movie is is that it's this movie about the, uh, key, uh these characters they're trying to they discovered there's a ufo and they dis- they've discovered how what coaxes them what coaxes this like entity out but what they don't know is how are they going to photograph how are they going to videotape it because one of the main a- difficulties of this is uh the ufo kind of works as the em its own mobile emp like it basically pulses out the electricity. Um, so you can't just film it with a regular you know iPhone or just anything with electricity. So that's the trick of the movie is how do we get this impossible shot of this UFO and they almost do it. They almost do it with the IMAX camera at the very end of the movie.
2: I really like that scene. that was the uh, with the with the 70 millimeter. Mm-hmm. Um, IMAX camera with the guy rolling in? I thought I really enjoyed that just because the, uh, the uh, we got to see basically how the camera worked and I thought that was really cool
0: mm-hmm. and they technically did get the shot but I think because there's kind of like where the movie can kind of split for people because you know they have that one scene where they you know Kalilia's character OJ like he basically coerces the character to basically do a whole flip to see the mouth of it in front of Angel and Michael and the cinematographers, uh, he's able to do it. The problem is, and I think a lot of people might miss it, and I might have to see it again just to make sure, but I think the light got into the frame.
2: I don't think it was a problem with the shot itself. I thought they got the amount of footage that they needed. Like We were showing it through the um through the IMAX lens or whatever. I think it's uh, the fact that the uh, whatever the director's name was, is that he he had achieved his or wanted to achieve that that impossible shot that um Kiki Palmer's character was talking about, so he wanted he his, Oh, you think it was an ego. It was yeah, I thought I thought it was more so an ego, which ended up getting rid of that, that footage that they got. And or not not intentionally, but it's why that alien came up and you saw all of that roll get exposed to light when it started rolling down the uh the hill after it had gotten um sucked up.
0: Okay, okay, that makes sense. I thought it was I thought he had said something that the light got in the frame, and you know when light does hit the. And you know, of course he. Oh no know. no no
2: no no. They had yeah no they had they had they had the shot. They had the shot. They had
0: the it shot. was just a little bit of a, too much of an ego boost. Yeah, I know because I. He,
2: not that it was an ego boost, but just that he wanted that that perfect shot of, or wanted to have that final um shot of what was supposed to be like the impossible shot, which he got by because we were shown it while he was getting sucked into the um into the mouth of the. Mm -hmm. the flying saucer thing in my bob
0: right and then it's up to angel to basically cover himself tie him down with times himself down with barbed wire gosh that must have been painful
2: yeah i think i i don't know why he didn't get eaten at that point
0: well i mean if we think of this as jaws like jordan peele's jaws at the end of jaws richard drivers kind of hides under like a coral reef Uh, to get away from the shark after he like stabs it you know to where he can get away and then and then if we kind of figure the cinematographer is basically quent you know he has too much you know gets you know he lets the 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 journey the you know the malice of the character get the best of him so he's going to be eaten and now basically kiki palmer and uh the uncleia kind of our stand-ins for Royshire shire excuse me everyone uh so where they are the last two people stand in to basically catch the shot for real
2: yeah and i think i think the one of my issues with the um with the movies was with the pacing of the last little bit is that it, i think it felt kind of rushed in terms of um I guess in terms of the, the storytelling just because I really, I was following but it would have been nice to like have have them I guess describe the the, the get out a little bit more but I guess with them basically deviating from the plan they really couldn't do that but I, w- I would have just liked that fleshed out a little bit more because when, um, when Kiki Palmer started untying all the all the handles I had no idea that she was going to take the, the giant balloon thing and um and basically um, have the, the flying saucer eat it
0: yeah, <clears throat> well, that wasn't, it was an impromptu, but I understand, but to add to your point, the only problem I would say I do have with this movie is that I, these are not as well-drawn characters as Peels other two movies, and I kind of feel like, you know, I would have liked to have known more, because the problem that I have I don't think Daniel Kaluuya is bad, is bad in this movie. I just think his performance is st- just a little too one-note. It's a little too stoic. Like, it's a little too reserved. And, but...
2: I mean, oh, okay, okay. So, I don't think that's... I think that's how his characters are written to be in general. Because you remember Queen and Slim. That's how his character acted. It was very reserved. You remember he was going on that first date. It was very reserved, very very like but oh, yeah, he
0: has charm in that
2: no the the only reason the only reason that um they were still together was cause freaking they killed that that freaking police the yeah they killed the police officer and then you know in Black Panther he's very reserved in that movie as well it's 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 just a reoccurring theme with his characters I guess in Get Out he deviates from that a little bit but but with every cause you got me
0: the charming boyfriend yeah
2: but with with every with every other movie I've seen that he's he's been a part of it's been it's been very very flat line, but i feel like that that fits his his personality very much his character very well
0: okay um but no I, and i do love like the final bit where she has to use this like crank motor thing to get the shot
2: yeah the little the little um, development um the little polaroid yeah. well the well pol- polaroid the giant polaroid
0: yeah um i do love that i'm trying to think of what else um i loved
2: um god whoever the the guy that looks like dominic Fike, um whatever the the uh with the bleach tips
0: oh um angel well, yeah that's angel character yeah, yeah, name, yeah. but yeah
2: his his i thought his character was was a good amount of um comedic relief and
0: and he's really good in it. Like he's, this is a nice breakout role for him. And yeah. I'm also, I really like Michael Wincott who plays the DP. <clears throat> I just wish there was a little bit more with him because if you have someone like that, like given such a, like a very like that like a quint like performance, you kind I kind of want just like a little bit more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Trying to think, what else? um i really like michael abel's score especially in yeah. the end when it becomes full-on like john williams
2: yeah I, I enjoyed that um i guess one of the, another one things the movies that i enjoyed was um the whole focus around uh capturing a spectacle because you remember you have that that motorcyclist who comes in midway through the movie and he's he's there for the spectacle as well the tmz I mean, guy yeah, the tmz guy and um even even in his dying moments, he's like, "Like, where's my camera? Like, can you get it for me? Like, I want to capture this." And I think that that really embraces the whole the whole idea of everything being, or the whole movie revolving around a spectacle.
0: Well, you have to remember the TMZ guy also is probably there to make a quick buck. It went and it, it's fun, which is ironic because the whole movie, the whole catalyst of the whole thing started as. These two characters uh, wanting to get rich off of UFO footage. Yeah, yeah. So it's like a full r- where it's not just about the money. It's not just about um, capturing just capturing the shot for the sake of it. It's now about capturing the shot to prove to the world that there is something more dangerous in, out there than you know a gordy or an, an or any animal.
2: Yeah, you think about it. You think about it. Is that Stephen Yoon has all the money in the world. But he wants to recreate that feeling of being that spectacle with, with, with when he was in Gordy's home, and so that's why the whole thing with the, um,
0: with he him... wants to recreate the staginess of
2: it. Yeah. yeah. So with him trying to tame that, that monster was his, was his redemption for that. Like he already has all the money in the world, but um, and then you see yeah, what, he's got all this royalties you know, you see, from the show. Yeah. And with um, with Angel's character, he did he he didn't care about the money. He just wanted to capture. The, the he just wanted to be a part of it. Yeah, he just wanted to be a part of it, and he just wanted to, um, to capture the fact that they would be able to
0: capture a live alien on film, mm-hmm. or I guess on digital. And for Michael Wincott's character, I'm sorry if I don't remember all the characters' names. I don't have it pulled up on here. Um, but I just wanted to say, for Michael Wincott, it's more about, because he's been such a, like a, he's basically, like, Lebez, Emmanuel Lebaneski, like a Chivo type, where he, um, where he's just like I'm capturing, like I've captured everything, I've done everything, I've used every kind of tool in the toolbox. Now I, I need something to kind of add to my like roster, yeah, to, to my like plate, if you will. And here, and uh, he's given the opportunity.
2: Yeah, and um i feel like his his draw with it was the seeing the 40 people disappeared and i think that was his his big turnaround on that
0: mm-hmm. absolutely <clears throat> and and yeah and that's it and uh, i'm trying to think what else i do i think Hoyt van Hatoime's uh cinematography like, I think he just won another Oscar nomination. Yeah,
2: I I enjoyed the <clears throat> uh, the cinematography of the movie. I enjoyed the um the sets that were that were uh, created with the whole um with the whole ranch being covered in monster blood and human blood. Um, I thought I thought that as a uh, as a I guess a video or I guess as a um a visual prop was very very well done.
0: Um, right absolutely uh, absolutely and uh, and it just like there's this incredible shot. i mean like afterwards um and then the nighttime photography
2: i thought um i thought the the funniest part was um was the was the kids the monkey kids or the uh the kids in the little the the temple PT suits yeah the little what? temple temple run monsters looking things uh-huh yeah, I thought that was um, that thought, was a nice trick. Yeah, I thought that was funny, because um, that was that was really honestly the only scary part of the movie. I remember in uh, in us the whole entire movie was pretty. You're on your seat the whole time, um, trying to expect what's going to happen next.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Right, um, I think what else? I mean, we're kind of, I know we're kind of speeding through it, but. Um... Is there anything else to talk about for Jordan Peele's
2: it, it, I think I think overall it was it was very very well written, very well directed. Um Jordan Peele's a fantastic a fantastic uh movie creator. But um overall I feel like like this is his um his third piece of work and hopefully hopefully the next one isn't that that cookie cutter theme that he likes to they likes to do but um we'll see i i will regardless i will enjoy his work otherwise or i will enjoy his work i really do enjoy everything that he does
0: okay all right and tony uh do you have like a blog or a place where you want people to look at
2: uh i mean i have a twitter i've got um i think it's tony knows Zero One one is my twitter and i think my instagram is the tony know so you're more than still
0: watch where people can check your pictures out
2: um i think it's tony at tony no photography okay. so that'll be that'll be fun if y'all want to give me a follow but yeah
0: all right and uh thanks everyone for joining us for these two parts uh, about nope and we will be back very soon uh for a podcast on marcel the shell with the sh- with the the shoes on and then we'll have a kind of like halfway report on 2022 Thanks, everyone. We'll be back with y'all uh, very, very soon.
1: I need y'all to tell me. What did you see in that cloud? Well, it's not what you think. No! They took him. They took him all. i got to get out of this house. I'm trying
0: to save you. My brother is out there. I don't think they take you. If you don't look at him. A look, dream look, look, look. you're chasing. Where you end up at the top of the mountain. It's the one you never wake
1: up from. You'll be getting a call from my supervisor asking how my service was.
0: Five stars, Angel, five stars.